Good morning. This is Jen. We're back with another episode of Just in Polite Love, which seems like a funny title now. <laughs> I um, This morning, I have to say I'm really nervous. I'm sitting here. I'm sweating. I'm sitting across from someone that I met. Gosh, how many years ago is that? Lower Main Street. 2006? Easily 2006. So yeah. for those of you who know me, probably recognize that deep voice. Um, <laughs> Daryl Frank is joining me today. Hello, Daryl. Thanks, Jen, for having me. Are you nervous? Uh, completely, completely out of my comfort zone, um, but uh, ready to share with uh, with you. So I, I entitled the episode, When Death Becomes You. <laughs> 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 because appropriate. I, is it appropriate? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, I I first met you fifteen years ago. No, that's not right. Libby, yeah, uh, seventeen years ago because yeah, Libby was a baby. Yeah, I was still two previous work lives ago. Two, pre- I three, three actually. No. Really? So I think I had a window I missed. Yeah. I remember. How do we call it? The the pole where you climbed poles? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll call it the Comcast years. Do you remember the first thing you ever said to me? I want to say, did it have to do with getting my wife's sewing machine working? Because you, you were going to have her sew hats? At the she, yeah, I had met her. Who did I? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you were friends with? Is this where we're going with it? No. Okay. I'm just going to say it. Say it. So we were moving the Little Hat Company from Lower Main Street up into um, right across the street now where we are. Yep. And you had your big truck and you pulled up in that illegal parking space. (laughs) And I came face to face with you and you said, kid, (laughs) I'm Kim's husband. (laughs) And then ever since then, you call me kid, and I think that's when I fell in love with you. You are listed in my phone as Kid Parker. Kid Parker. <laughs> that sounds cooler than I really am. But so I kind of got to know you through as the husband of Kim. Yes. Kim became a great friend. Yes. Um, she was a, a large part of the Little Hat Company yeah. um, through all the good stuffs and yeah. the struggles. and yeah. um, But... I knew you as a family man. Thank you. You put your family first. Yes. You went to work. You took care of business. Um, I heard whispers that, were you a basketball star in <laughs> Portsmouth? <laughs> I, well, I played for the school for a couple of years, and then I was, I, I will refer to it as, as my own self-legend at Direct League, but I was, I was okay. I was okay. I'll leave it at that. I feel like other people used to tell me stories about <laughs> you. But like when you don't know someone and you yeah. hear these stories, maybe you make them larger. Yeah. Or you color them in how you want them to be. Yeah. No, I, um, you know, legend in my own mind is kind of how I will <laughs> leave it as. So funny enough, a lot of people that went to Portsmouth High School yeah. ended up in a relatively close geographical area in South Berwick. Yes. So I feel like you guys have block parties, like secret block parties where you go house to house. It, well, it, it's it's weird because when the kids were younger, it kind of felt like a little bit of old Portsmouth and the neighborhood stuff. But yeah, we referred to the to Aggie Estates as um, Portsmouth North. Um, but it was just it was it was a great time, you know the 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 Doyles. Um, 
were up here, Carrie and um, Steve Hoyt, the McCombs, both Pat and Tim. Um, I'm, I'm going to miss some people. So I've Karen I, and Karen and Tommy, who Tommy actually was. He babysat one of my ex-husbands. Did you ever know that? Tommy Doyle? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> that was an odd day when we discovered that. Oh, my God. That's funny. Isn't that That's crazy? And, and But I tell you what, I would probably trust Tommy with my kids more than I trust me with my own kids. So, <laughs> Tommy's a great guy. Yeah, he, he's tremendous. But then the McGee's were up here. So it's just, yeah. And, and when the kids were younger, it was, it was, it was a lot tighter. It's, it's not as much now as the kids have gotten older and we've all gotten older, but, um, well, I think as your kids get older, they're going in different directions. Absolutely. Your kids have, oh my gosh, right. Become these amazing adults. (laughs) We can save for another podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then also you're slowing down and major life changes happen. Like that's why you're here today. (laughs) So you know, I, I lost my business and then, um, went through some other changes in life. But I remember the day that you told me that, um, I remember the day you had told me that you were no longer climbing poles Yes, and you seemed a little distraught and heavy and like, cause it had been what you'd been doing. That was, that was me. That's how I identified myself. That's how I, um, kind of that was the badge of honor that I that I that I took every day for 30 plus years and it was gone 30 plus years yeah it was gone so would and, you say it was taken away from you unexpectedly um the last third yes I thought that I was ahead of the game um in the, in the first two spots the, the first two moves between Comcast to Time Warner um that was that was that was calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, then, when um, some things happened at, at Time Warner and some redundancy was built in, that became, oh boy, I didn't see that one as quick as I saw yeah. the previous move. So there was there was that my first three months of of doubt, um, but you know, through this through this storytelling, you you you'll hear me mention Kim, obviously my. My wife of this year, 25, will be 25 years. 25 years. How she has done it, I have no idea. Do you know what I love? I love the smile on your face. (laughs) Kim, if you could only see what your husband looks like right now. like, And that's the thing with you two that I always felt fortunate to be around you is that there was always, there is, always laughter in a sincere it feels like you sincerely acknowledge the other's presence when you're together. You're yeah. you're very aware of each other and wanting it just you guys both have those bright twinkling eyes <laughs> and you know how to laugh. Yeah. And it's infectious. And that's that's what I've always I don't know, like a what's it called? Like a little I feel like a little sucker like when I'm <laughs> up against you guys trying to like give me some of that drug. No, because you're very much woven into that into that fabric of our, of our lives. And, and I mean, we've watched you from a distance kind of do that. And every interaction we have is just always you don't want it to end. I de- right. You don't and want I'm it like, to what end. is that yeah. with the Franks? Well, I, I think it's we think it's with you. It's not necessarily with Kim and I. <laughs> 
but um, it's just you're healthy. You know what, and what I mean when I say healthy is is is, is mentally, you know what you want to do. You want to go, and you're not afraid to take chances. That's in your your your. Brave is, is it okay to say hell? I'm, I guess I just We've said, it, said but, the F word on here. Uh, I meant to text that to you. Okay. But you're brave as hell in what you do and uh, you put it out there. So we feel that way about you. It's not, so it's kind of like the sucker fish kind of going against <laughs> the each sucker other. Fish <laughs> or like, I don't know. Thank, thank you for saying that. That's right. not how always it feels <laughs> inside. But all of this, so watching this transpire with you and feeling the pain of when you think you're on a certain course for your family yeah. and yourself yeah. and the rug gets pulled out from under you. Yeah. I know that pain. Yeah. And, um, but what I didn't know, and let me just start this. <laughs> this is why you're here. But like, um, my good friend, Heidi, who I've, yeah. I've nicknamed her Babs, but then of yeah. course it all comes out that you went to school with her, right? In yes. the same vicinity, that same neighborhood in Portsmouth. Ab- absolutely. You guys were riding bikes together. <laughs> so well, it, Portsmouth was Portsmouth. You it's know? so crazy. We think yeah. like, so Southbrook is a town of 7,000 people. Yes. Portsmouth, I'm guessing what, 30, 40? Yeah. Even, even at that time, I mean, we had graduating classes because Pease was full, was ramped up completely. Pease was its own little hub subdivision. Yeah. And the shipyard with its... Re- current resurgence was nothing compared to what it was back then. Oh, so, really? So you had big graduating classes of over 500 people. It was 2020. At one time, there was 2,200 kids in that school. That's bigger than Keene. When I went to Keene yeah. High School just for one year, yeah. there were 1,600 in my yeah. freshman class. We used to play you guys in high school. <laughs> I probably, no, I'm I'm a little bit younger than you. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> you look younger than I do. But so this is the, this is the funny story. And this is yeah. what I, I want to swear, but the, yeah. like what I love about life, like yeah. this makes me feel like life is a sitcom. Yeah. So Heidi and I got to know each other in Portsmouth when I took jobs to pay for Anna's college, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's a whole, <laughs> but so I met Heidi and then we, Little by little found we had all these funny connections. Yeah. And then, so we went for um, a day trip down to Gloucester. Don't ask why. Oh, no. but we're like, so we're driving down yeah. 95. I'm driving. And I think it was Heidi that said something like, is that a hearse? <laughs> she goes, gosh, you don't really see a lot of hearses anymore. <laughs> and like, we're driving by and I look over and I go, Babs, I think that's Daryl Frank. She goes, that's not Daryl Frank. I go, Babs, that was Daryl Frank. And she goes, and I think when Heidi and I talked about it afterwards, because, you know, girls get talking, we got distracted and on to something else. She goes, I remember Daryl when he was in high school. She goes, I didn't think he was getting older. And like, so she, she saw you, right? She was in the passenger. Were you driving? I was driving. This is crazy. So you, like, she looks over, you're, I mean, you don't look, you look younger than I do. I would say I'd peg you in your 40s. Oh, bless you. I, bless you. Anyway. (laughs) You're over, you're in your 50s, right? I'm actually turning 60 in about two and a half weeks. In about two and a half weeks. But this is pertinent to this story. Oh, absolutely. To your story. Absolutely. Yeah. Because in, I forget when, but I think it was in this store. Um, a little something was it when you announced to me you were going back to school 
or did you text me? I can't. I, no, I think it was here. And then I texted you when all the paperwork was done and I made the plunge. So can you tell us what, <laughs> what your, your, your pivot in life was? Like how, what was it and how did it, how did you come up with that one? Okay. And keep me focused here a little bit. Just so no, I can. you're asking the wrong person <laughs> <laughs> and I'll try not to tap on the table. I apologize. So, um, one of the constants that I kind of, there was two people that I always looked up to. Um, one of them was my dad. The other one was my brother. And then when I took a job um, as an 18-year-old kid was my first boss, Rick LaBerge. So he um, said to me, he goes, I generally don't hire 18-year-old kids out of high school to go into people's houses, to wire, to climb telephone poles, basically to be safe and don't be, just don't hurt yourself. His whole theory was, I have you for eight hours. My job is to protect you and then get you home to your families, whatever that makeup might be. Was he telling you not to be an ass? Yeah, basically don't <laughs> be an asshole, yes. Particularly at 18 and kind of full of myself before the humbling took place years later. I feel like that's the high school basketball player I <laughs> imagine you are. There you go. Well, you're, you're attractive. You're tall. <laughs> you have these, like, bright eyes. You're uh, charismatic. Bless you. You were, that, you were that guy, weren't you? Well, no, I'd like to think I was, but I was, I was kind of, I was that way on the outside, inside, one-on-one. That's when I kind of clammed up. Give me mm-hmm. an audience where I can kind of, make a splash a little bit and then back out, then I'm good. But one-on-one, that's when it, when it, it just kind of a little bit tougher, which I don't know, but, uh, so you're 18. Yeah. So I'm 18 and long story short, Rick, um, to this day is, is a mentor friend. He's in Florida now retired. I call him, you know, with the passing of my dad, Rick is my daily mail bonding call to reground me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so his brother was married into the Ward family that's in Portsmouth that is part of Javer and Wood. I don't know what that is. Uh, that's a, that's, that would be a funeral home. <laughs> so long story short, Rick goes, calls me up on a Saturday. And this was when some of the other struggles started happening. Um, I had already, and I, well, two transitions had happened. I, uh, the redundancy happened at Time Warner and, and a bunch of us were let go. So three month gap there. Um, and I ended up landing with a contracting company that was working for Comcast that was based out of Maryland. So I'm working for them, but we're getting, I'm kind of getting some feelings that stuff's going to happen there where they're going to pull everything and go to Maryland with what I was doing, the project and the business mm-hmm. kind of that I built up for them. So I'm like, Oh boy. Um, Long story short, Rick calls me up and says, hey, you got a black suit? And I go, yeah, why? <laughs> you're, wait, you're wearing, you came in, you look like a man. What do they call it? The men in black? Yes. <laughs> <the> black? <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. You're every, sitting across <laughs> me and I'm like, what? <laughs> every day at Cable in the management role, it was khakis and, and, a, and a shirt for me. Now every and day hard as we get into it, it's black pants, white shirt, and a, and a solemn you, tie. Uh, do you have the black sunglasses? I do have my <laughs> my Wayfarer my Wayfarer party shades that are completely black, 
And I told my uh, Brie, I told Brie, I said, yeah, my next purchase is going to be the Black Aviators. <laughs> says, I don't like, what are Wayfarers? I feel like it's, so it's out like, of cool. It's like the... Um, is it from the 80s? Yeah, it's the it's the, it's the the risky business Ray-Bans. They're called, oh, they're, they're, called, they're Ray-Bans, but yeah, they're, they're called Ray-Bans, Wayfarers? But, uh, they're like a Wayfarers, something like that. I, I don't have the actual model number, but they, those are what I wear um, to the point where one time we were doing a service in downtown Portsmouth and it was for a fallen police officer and I'm standing I'm I think stand- that's me is that you I think so you're standing I'm yeah, sorry I'm, I'm standing in front of the church and a woman comes up to me with all these other police officers and goes they with the FBI aren't they? <laughs> but anyways Carol, so <laughs> you look like I uh, saw you and I was like oh my god I'm so nervous I'm sweating <laughs> but um so where were we going with all this we did get sidetracked um, oh gosh! If Libby, who you knew as a baby, yes, is now seventeen, yes, she's like if you saw her, I think you'd throw up. But you went through this with your daughter when yes. they become these women that like with uh, these incredible bodies, and they've yes. got like these—they're yes. beautiful yes. and they're smart and they're—we call her the Force. Yes, she's turned into the Force. That's it's it's and Bree's the same way. We Kim and I went out with Bree this this weekend and. Uh, well, we had dinner with Dylan Friday night, and we went out with Bree on Saturday. And um, I couldn't be happier with the people that be coming, but I just I worry about the same thing. Well, you know? so you know what my my point is saying. Yeah. Livy listens to the podcast, yeah. and it's always like, "Did you talk about me?" <laughs> she like so unlike my other <laughs> two, she wants me to talk about her. But then um, she saw the microphones and everything set up yeah. in my writing room, and she because usually I put them away. Yeah, and she um, she goes, "Oh, I want to do a podcast, right?" Like so, we yeah. do one, and she's all over the map. Right. But like she. After it was done, she goes, she goes, I'm sorry for giving you so much shit because like it is so hard to stay focused. <laughs> it is. It's it well, is. because number one, how often do we get to sit down like this? No. And, and you know, it's really, it's really weird. Cause like it one-on-one is a little bit different. Like we had mentioned earlier with Kim. Yeah. So you have that, you know, someone can kind of take a side, the side step while it's still going on and then find yeah. a spot in. But with, us going down the silo together. It's like, who's going to pull us back? <laughs> well, the last time we sat together like this, here I go, is was we had dinner. Yes. Husband number three yeah. <laughs> at Spring, Spring Hill, Hill. Yeah. <laughs> in South Warwick, Maine. And it yeah. was so much fun. And I think yeah. on that dinner, we planned a trip to Pacific Coast Highway. Pacific Coast <laughs> Highway that never happened. <laughs> but where we're going with yeah. all of this. So you had, so there, I, Oh, so the evolution. The evolution, yeah. but at the at the same time, you have a family that yeah. you're supporting. Yes, it's tough. Things yeah. are tight. Like, um, and you're so you have this guy that I'm assuming brought yeah. you to. Oh, he said he, he said Do you have a black suit. Yeah. He, go, he goes, you look good. He goes, you you you're gonna help me help my brother. Um, oh Jesus! So you, this always never goes yeah. right. For for. I said, what, what, you know, the suit. So I knew who Tommy was and Tom had taken care of my dad's funeral services. And and I saw what, just how, how much care. And at this point, did you know it would involve dead people? It was just a service. It was so it, there was, and it was not the body. It was just a cremated remain. So it was a, it was basically a, an urn that was involved, um, for the service. So 
it wasn't, I didn't really kind of think about the whole you other. You weren't jumping in fully mentally. No. It, it was cash. It was cash. <laughs> and to your point, okay, I, you know, Kim and I need to stackpile some, some acorns for the future because I'm not sure what's happening here um, with, um, with, with that. And, and I was shouldering a lot of that, um, you know, because at being the guy, um, Kim and Ashley was still probably two months from going back to work full time. She was she working for me at that time. She was working for you. She was kind of was she doing? No, she was done at the school. But yeah, she was doing a little bit of stuff for you. And then she went to the she went to the hospital. Oh my god, I was saddest day of my life. Yeah, happiest it, day for her. But it, here's the thing, though, too, is she she. She loves what she does. She loves the people she loves and she is so good at it. She is just, she's what she was here for you in, in such a, that's why I can say it, such a shitty environment. Here? No, no, no. <laughs> at, the, at the hospital with all the people coming in. Oh yeah. You know what I it's mean? It's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful, but she is that, she is that, uh, oh, she's going to kill me when I say it. she's that, she's that sunshine there, here. I mean, there that she was here. Yeah. They needed there. They need, they needed an infusion for lack of a better term of Kim. So I was kind of protecting her from all of that because I still didn't know. And I didn't want to kind of give her, cause she's, she's a warrior, um, a warrior, not a, I think she's both. I think yeah. she, um, yeah, she, she both, digs yeah. in, gets it done. Oh, she's not afraid to ask for help when she needs it. Yep. She, she's a mama bear. She's an yeah. advocate for her children and she loves you and adores you. Yeah. And like, but she she worries of she is yeah she, yeah. she also so, so, so it's like okay I'm gonna work every opportunity that I can so I get into the van and I'm not working this service more than ten minutes when Tom goes to me Tom I'll never forget it we're driving in in a van and Tom turns to me and goes so have you ever thought about doing removals and I I, said, I haven't really thought about what I'm doing here never mind. <laughs> wait so we're this is going to go quick but yeah. we have to get this all in because yeah. you have to go work with yeah. you have to go to work I got to work <laughs> but like so removals are cuz Aaron had a list of questions he okay. wanted to ask okay so removals are basically when we when someone passes whether it's hospice hospital um unattended deaths police calls we, what it's referred to as we're bringing that family member into our care. That's a removal. So if, if, if someone passes um, through hospice, we got to, we got to take them out of our, we got to take them from their care of their house into our care. I.e. we show up with our van, with our stretcher, make that transition, bring them back to our family. Oh my God. It is kind of like men in black. It, yeah. <laughs> in the weirdest sadistic way. But it's, it's, that's, that's what, I, when, so when I say removal or refer to removal, that's bringing uh, a deceased into our care. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, Tom, you know what? And, and typical me and Kim will tell you this. Um, I want to please people. It's just the way I've always been. And, and sometimes it's detrimental at times. It's, it's, it's taxing for Kim because I, I stretch myself too thin. Um, but I said, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Not even kind of knowing what I was getting into. And nothing happens for a couple of weeks. And then Rick calls me up and says, hey, you know, Tom says you're going to do removals for him. I go, yeah, but I haven't heard from him. He goes, well, it kind of ebbs and flows, you know, <laughs> you know, because you can't control. That's one that's one um, 
you can't you don't really control your customer there you know it's obviously it's based on people pass. <laughs> I'm, I, don't I don't mean to, to be disrespectful yeah. I mean honestly death makes me nervous like not that I'm afraid yeah. of it for myself yeah but it's it's a big thing it and in dealing with it and and that's the part that those difficult conversations and I don't know where it's come from but it's come from somewhere that I kind of I want people to come to me. I want people to come to me with their with their difficult stuff because I can guide them. And I can guide them in a way I seem to have an ability to guide them in a way that I always look at when someone comes in and speaks to me about their loved one that if they've laughed, they've cried and they've shaken my hand afterwards, I've done my job. And and, and I never say I never say this is going to give you closure because no one in a death no one has closure. I think that part of what I do in the funeral service is I'm able to get them on the path to where they need to be. I'm not going to, I can't, I don't show them a path. I don't. It's a process. It's a it's journey. It's a complete process. My stepfather was in hospice and I had the extraordinary opportunity to um, sit with him yeah. in, in the final week. Um, so, you know, I, Aaron had said, Mom, don't focus on all the spiritual things with Daryl. <laughs> like, people want to know, like, the practical things. Yeah. Like, how do you decide if you have an open cat? And I go, yeah. oh. But, like, yeah. one of the things going through that with my stepfather is that when he was transitioning, yeah. he was channeling my grandmother, my father who have passed. Yeah. One, one moment he would be kind, sweet, soft you know, yeah. coherent. Yeah. The next he would be angry and like a different age. And like, yeah, he spoke to me as if it was my grandmother speaking to me. Isn't it? Well, it's, and it's like, you're sitting there yeah. and you get chills all over. Like something bigger than yourself is happening in that moment. And that's why I believe too, is, is part of what I, I thoroughly enjoy doing what I do. And even though it's a diff difficult stuff is like when people call with the hospice and, you know, and, and when they going through that, I, I do believe, um, there's something bigger out there and, and people can call me wacky or whatever, but I just think it doesn't end here. Did um, you think there was something bigger out there before you started doing this? I did. And that's why I had to do this. You in did. A way. I did because I, I'll backtrack a little bit is there's a, there's a, there's a, a medium out there that Kim sees and then her name escapes me right now, but Kim has gone a couple times. So I like, okay, let's see what this is all about. I go. And one of the first things she says to me, and there's just no way that she could have known is my grandfather came through and said, thank you for not believing her. Because there's some family history there that I just didn't buy for a minute. And I said so when it was brought up in front of, of probably, let's see, four, five, six, seven, eight people. There's no way you, can go, you can't Google this. There's no yeah. way it gets out. Mm -hmm. And it's on tape saying, and I'm going to be honest with you, and my friends can make fun of me if they hear this. I, I just, Nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> It was as if someone just relieved the tear valves. Yeah, that's that's the experience. Was, when yeah. you feel that connection again with someone that has passed or yeah. 
or even it can be, you can be someone that's passed that is in your ancestry line that you never met. They yep. may have died before you were old enough to know them, but somehow when they make that connection and they know something intrinsic about, about you yep. that, you know, either not a lot of people or no one else knows it's, it's a crazy bigger than life connection. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, but, yeah. So we have back. to stay on track. Yeah. I'm going to see where we are for we'll time. Start. But like um, you, so first you ask for a ride along. No, yeah. for service. For service. And that's just extra body, extra hands? Extra bodies, extra, extra hands. Because one of the things that you want to do when you're doing a service, long, long story short, and I'll, I'll cut to the chase because know we're backed up against time, is that you've got to service a family. And you got to let them know that everyone's all in. So it's like getting doors. I, I don't let anyone touch a door. I don't, you know, someone needs yeah. ask a question. Let me get that for you. That tishes, sort of thing. tishes. Exactly. Um, all of that. So um, one of the things that I, I learned from Tom, Rick's brother, was it's 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 service. You know, people are here at their rawest time. They, they probably maybe their worst or their first death that they've dealt with in their family. So you service that to the point where they can focus on getting to you know, starting that path of getting to where they need to be. So long story short, so I started doing my removals and I became a regular. And, and Do you want to talk about your first removal? The first can you? Like, yeah, and again, yeah. this, and you I'm, know where you can go yeah, in camp. I won't say any names. And and this kind of may segue into some other stuff, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep that question in mind. My first removal was... Um, just, just a little old lady on hospice, great family, you know, um, she, she passed in the house that she was, um, did you know her? No, that one I didn't know. The, the ones that I do know are tougher. The other ones that I have. Can you pass and say, no, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Well, there's, there's been a couple I wish I could have, but no, once we're there, we're all in. Okay. Yeah. We're all in. And, um, you know, it's, it's. You know, you got the tougher ones where you have to bring them into your care from a, you know, ground position for bathtubs and just it's well, the one thing that this job has taught me. And I'm not trying to add humor into this or make light of this is like the one thing that the job has taught me is don't do anything that might embarrass the family. If you think you're going to pass right then at that time, because you, you, I'm convinced no one knows when. So you're death. saying to someone that's about to pass. Well, I guess this no, is like kind of like the thing. Make sure you clean underwear on because yes, you don't know exactly. you're going to get in an accident. Exactly. Well, it's like don't do any. If you think you're going to embarrass your family, if anyone finds out, don't do that what? thing. Have you seen? Oh, it, it's, it's kind of like emergency room stories. Yes, I'm guessing that's exactly what it is. Yeah, Daryl Frank. There's, there's I some, I smell a book. We can do a book. We can do, you know. Jen's podcast after dark. <laughs> I have done that it's, before. Um, but yeah, no, there is some, and, and I've thought about that when I'm. Well, you're uh, a writer. I know like yeah. we're going to take another, you yeah. know, U-turn, not you. I don't know, detour, but, but like you're a writer too. Well, anyway, so. So look, that will like, that will be at the end of all of this. Okay. I have a feeling. So long story short is the um, removals are tough. The removals are tough, but I love that part of it because that's where the family, that's where the first time you meet the family. So I would never say no okay. to removals because at the time I was representing Tom and Tom's family yeah. or, or Tom's wife's family. You're and, well known in everything. Yeah. On I, the seacoast. My dad, my dad, you know, the voice of the Clippers, he, it, it's like, 
I'm not going to let my dad down. I'm not going to let Tom down. I'm not going to let Fred Ward, who was Tom's mentor and mm-hmm. boss, all those years. At, your at, wife, at your children. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole brand, for lack of a better term, is out there. I don't want to. So removals, yeah. so yeah, can so be through. horrific too, though, right? Accident scenes. I remember mm-hmm. I came in contact with you after yes a horrific removal, and yes. it had shaken would, you a bit. Yeah, that has, and that's where Rick comes in mind. He always, when I have a tough one, he's my first call. Because at first, you know, it's just, it's it's those tough ones that it's like, oh, you know, you just, it's it's difficult. It's difficult, and they stay with you, but if you can kind of, I dare I say, not grow from them, but learn from them and just do the best you can, um, I'd like to think that, you know, it's, it's done gracefully, you know what I mean? But if you, so, and I'm only imagining, but I think Mm -hmm. of like soldiers go off to war Mm -hmm. and, um, have to clean up scenes, bombings, fights. Yep. And it has been known to cause PTSD. Yeah. And yet you're doing the same thing. Yeah. Under very di- different circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> how, like, just because you're wearing a black suit, yeah. how does that not impact your emotional well-being? Yeah. Or do you do you have to put the wall up? Do you I, go into it knowing what you're going into? You know, it, it's funny that you say that because I have seen um, some stuff that I never want my kids to see. I see some stuff that, I will never describe to Kim. Um, so it's, you kind of go into those situations because a lot of times too, if you're going into a police call or a situation that I had on, on 95, you don't, you kind of, you go into it slowly and you kind of assess it. You look around, but at the same time too, you're, you kind of put yourself into the piece where it's like, I'm here for that person's family. Yeah. So I kind you kind of go. So while it may seem the beginning part is methodical, that's because it's like, okay, a th- there's a couple different pieces. How am I going to get this person into my care gracefully? Um, regardless of the past the, that it's a death, that's somebody's vessel that has just recently left us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's attached to a family. At the same time, too, how am I going to? Um, <laughs> lack of a better term. I don't want to get anything on my clothes. Um, but, you know, and it's just, <laughs> Do you know those... but at the same time too, you got to mentally block it all out. It's not about me when I'm there. You're you know? experiencing a world. If you think about it, you're stepping into a world and I'm just going to guess this number yeah. that 99% of us will never experience. And, and, I know this is going to sound selfish and I hope it doesn't come across that way or egotistically. Five years ago, I was okay being part of that 99%. I want to be that 1% now because I think, I don't know what has gone on inside of me, but I know I can handle it. I know I can, the fan, I, I better serve my families by, by, by doing what I've done the last now as scary as it sounds solidly for the last three years, but the first out of the, f- I've been doing it five years, but 
solidly for the last three. The other two were on a part-time basis. But I want to be, I want to shoulder that pain for them. So everything I'm hearing yeah. is there is a huge physical component to all of this. Yeah. You have to physically be present. Yes. In the moment. Yes. All of the time. Yeah. But what I hear from you and this side of you that I suspected but never really got this close to over the years mm -hmm. is at the same time you're there emotionally. And just yeah. as, and I think it's a very, it's a very special trait you have <laughs> and you. ability. I would say that's an ability because to do what you're doing, like Aaron's whole thing in the conversation yesterday. Yeah. And I feel fortunate when I get to spend time with my 29 year old son, right? right? Like yeah. his whole thing was that, um, there are a lot of logistics involved and he's a little natural engineer and he's yeah. going through all the plot, you know, possible scenarios yes. and just like, Oh my God. Right. That's like a whole world we don't think about. Yeah. And then yeah. me, being more of a spiritual woohoo yeah. or emotional woohoo, <laughs> yeah. right? That's what I'm known for. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm thinking about, geez, like you're being impacted not by your own emotions, but like people that have just experienced yeah. the greatest loss of their life. Yeah. yeah. And maybe the greatest relief because when someone's terminally ill, that's a lot. That puts a family through a lot. Yes. So you're coming in in like heightened physical, heightened yeah. emotional, and you're just, kids, you're killing it. <laughs> <laughs> you were made for this. It, and I, But it's funny because Kim and Bree will laugh because five years ago, Grey's Anatomy I wouldn't even watch it. I'd, I'd watch, I, I'd never watched the show anyways, but if Kim and Brie are obsessed with it, I would, I could not watch an operation on TV. Dylan tore up his arms or legs on a skateboard. Yeah. Who put him back together? Kim. <laughs> you went running for the hills. Exactly. So it's, it, it, yeah, I, I think the, you see my feet print still going, <laughs> but it's, it's now it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't know what is, what's come over you. Yeah. I want to shake you. Well, it, it's so, but this isn't even the best part yet. And yeah. like, so I get that you're your extra hands at a funeral service. Sorry, yeah. I jump back into the restaurant yeah. industry. I'm extra hands yeah. at events. I get that. You yeah. just need bodies. Right. Someone calls you for removal. You need like this strong, burly, <laughs> tall guy with a great personality that has a strong head. Easily yeah. connects with people, yeah. can handle pressure, is yeah. cool. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> but then you come to me and you say, um, kid, I'm going back to school and I'm going to be a mortician. <laughs> I'm like, what? So, so, and I'll give you the cliff note version. So that happens at, um, that happens with the contracting firm. So they're running everything out of Maryland. So now Kim had literally. The Are first we back to climbing a pole? What? Well, we're making Con that transition to okay. how I got to school. Okay. Okay. So long story short, and I'll make it quick so that we can. You, get I'm here as long as you want to be right. here. Like, <laughs> I just know you have, you have things, you have people to take care of. <laughs> so, um, the, so I, I, I'm doing removals for, for the next two years and, and like another gentleman and I, um, probably doing 90% of them and the families just seem to gravitate towards us. Do you and, get requests? 
not request, but it was like we got, we received, we got, we received so many like thank yous mm. for stuff. And it's like, no, this is, this, you know, and Jim, Jim is a very religious, very um, faith based guy that I learned so much from and still talk to him occasionally. He's, he's since moved south as well. But um, so the removal piece happened. But so let me back up. So Kim, that that happens the day Kim starts at the hospital. Which was stressful for her. Oh, my God. She comes in. She goes, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, they are moving everything to Maryland. Oh, first God. Day. She had to get up at like five in the morning, right? She was working yeah. the early shift. Yeah, working the early shift. So long story short... And at the same time, too, I'll share this. is. Did they want you to move to Maryland? Did they it, offer that? Was it a possibility? No, because everything was being streamlined. So uh. I, I'm sorry. I, so everything's being um, streamlined. I got all this revenue coming in. I, I'm, I'm, women, we probably had the best three months coming into a dig, what we call a digging season because we were replacing all the ca- underground mm-hmm. cables for Comcast. So the best three months we're hitting the ground running all the stuff we built over the winter um, just rolled into a system that we hit the ground running and uh, they just, they just wanted more. They wanted more money, less overhead. And um, you know, and it's what we built up is not what it was. So the, in a way there's a, there's a validation, but I don't want to see any ill will on anybody, Never. but it's, it's, it's nice to see what I was doing was and why we were doing it was validated. Um, met a lot of great people, but so I went to work for UPS for a little bit, short time. Short oh, spell. you texted me. You were with Tom. Tom I was with Tom, <laughs> Tom, the South Bro. UPS I was guy. like, what? He, he texted you the photo of my first day there. What? And I'm like, I, right? Yeah. So, and I knew Kim, and I had to provide for the family. That was the, that's where it all came down. That from. that's a respectful move. It was a great paying gig, but I got to tell you, and I don't mean this mean because I have so much respect for all those guys, and there would probably be more PTSD. If I stay there, because every day is the same. It's like, oh, they're stressed. Yeah. Tom is an anomaly. Yeah. Tom is, Tom is. He's got it figured out. He's a unique guy. He's a great guy. Mm. And he was my go to guy. Yeah. There. So he goes, oh, no, just do this, do that. Mm -hmm. Boom. So it made my transition. He uh, shortened your learning curve. Exactly. Completely. But as I'm driving, it's like, I need more. I need more. And I said, and I'm saying to myself, and it's like, there is. I want to make a splash. I want to do something that has value. And, you know, I saw what my dad did with his volunteerism through Portsmouth. I mean, you know, it, and it's not about it's it, believe me, it's not it's all I want is at the end of the day. And I have that right now. And I think that that's where the bounce of my step is back. And and if you if for lack of a better term, the whites of my eyes are brighter is Going back to school and spending that 14 months in that, in what was Bree's old bedroom across from Dylan, uh, upstairs at the house, the 14 months of school 
at one point, I, I'm like, I'm taking. Why my, were you in Bree's bedroom? Did Kim kick no. you to the curb? <laughs> Bree, Bree had uh, Bree had moved out. Oh, did you make that your study? I, that was my study. I was, okay. I apologize. So I made the study. In, I was like, Kim's like, hey, look, I love you, but, like, but get out. your shit together, or you're going to stay across the hall till you do. But so I made the decision to go back to school, and it was an all-in thing, and it's like, oh, okay. so you're a full-time student and full-time employee. So now I am saying to myself, of removals removals and daytime stuff so i'm not only doing removals at night because nobody dies during the day that often why is that that uh, why do you think that is i'm gonna say this is really important to, to me to me it is because a lot of times it it is like that two to four window and and i know nothing people, good happens after 12 or two a two or my father used to try to get me home early and say nothing ha- good happens after 1030. <laughs> <laughs> Every, let's be honest. Everything good but, happens after 10. But that, but and this was in high school. But I'm like, dad, and this is, this is kind of ties back to Heidi. Heidi and all her friends would be at McDonald's at 11 because of McDonald's oh, she's closed at 1130. <laughs> so, so yeah, she's going to kill me. But it was just, uh, <laughs> when they, they, the girls were hanging out the at girls McDonald's. Were hanging out, so. Is that the one by, um, what's the, what's the restaurant that floods? Um, Bratzkill, it's exactly it. It's exactly the restaurant. So Timmy Jones and I, we just go there to Timmy Jones, there. like Timmy was Jones. Tim, no, Timmy Jones was like my was like my co-pilot. You know what and I he's mean? He's not the Tim from the funeral home. No, 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 okay, no, no, no. That would be weird. Yeah. So long story short, is we'd go there just to be there. It's not like we're going to talk to him. Were they cute? They were too... Yeah, they they were cute kids. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> So long story short is, um, where was I going? I got sidetracked <laughs> again. Um, it's, it's just validation. And I just, you were in your study. Yeah. So you're going to school. You're working at night. I'm working at say night. nothing good happens after 12. Right. Why do people die between two and four? I think. Is it spiritual? I think it is. I honestly believe it is. And I also think that there's something to do when a storm's coming in. Chances it's energy. are. Energy. The barometric pressure so has something to do with don't it. Don't judge me right now. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know how much of this side of me you know, but like supposedly at the veil, have you ever heard the term the veil? No. The veil between the spiritual and the physical world. Is that the 316? Is is the thinnest at like 333. Yeah, 333. Yeah. Okay. So, so for some people, they wake up at 316, 326. Yeah. Like, yeah on the dot every night. And especially right now, a lot of that is happening because of the storms coming in. (laughs) But no, I, you know, you wonder, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Is it easiest for, I I don't know if you want to talk about this stuff. Aaron was probably right. We should probably talk about removals. (laughs) And then, so during the day, so you work, you're doing removals at night. You're studying when between the hours of five and eight. I'm I'm studying basically from five until um, you get a call till till I get a call or until I tap out. And a lot of times it's it's kind of Kim would have she'd laugh because I can fall asleep for about twenty minutes and that's my power nap and I'm good mm-hmm. to go for hours because I don't sleep well to begin with. So um, I'd come home from work, we'd have dinner, I'd sit in the recline for about fifteen minutes. And then I'd be upstairs studying the whole time. But I wanted, I needed a stamp on, I wanted to do something that 
not that others couldn't, but I wanted to be able to help. Like I saw my dad help mm-hmm. when, when as, as a child, and I wanted to be able to have Kim look at me and say, yeah, that's my husband. I want the kids oh to say, gosh. that's my father. And I'll, I'll, do you know what I do? Just <laughs> everyone that I meet that knows you. Yeah. Talk about ego. Oh yeah. They'll like tell Daryl Frank stories. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, but he calls me kid. <laughs> Does he call <laughs> you kid? But, and, but it, you're it, a special person. I, I'm special, all right. But I don't know if it's in that sense. But I just it, it and I'm now just trying to. I, I'm actually feel like even with you know how. Kim and I are going into a great spot. And I think that it's all kind of all those struggles in the beginning because Kim was a stay at home and it wasn't the easiest time for, for anybody. Um, but we're coming into a real comfortable spot. And, I'm and you have space. Yeah. You're and creating we, safe space. I feel. Yeah. And, and I just, I, mm. I, and I, and I see validation I see that through them, not through necessarily. I know you heard that too. That's my phone. That's George. That's my, that's the co-host. Oh, he nice. has his own. He's probably like, get back on track. <laughs> so I, I, um, I get my validation through them. Yeah. Through, through, through Kim, Bree, um, you know, Dylan, my mother-in-law. I, I just think that that's those are the people and then what i'm doing now is kind of making up for the for lack of a better term the asshole i may have been earlier in my life were you well i wasn't who i wanted to be were you immature like i can't oh, yeah. you, there was there was, was no mean bo- bone in your body no that i know about yeah but there was like some poor decisions made back in the day and, I, yeah. and i'm going back you know 30 i can say that now 30 are you really 30, 30, 60 30. I'll be 16 April 14th, kid. <laughs> I say the same thing. It's, it's, Wait, it's, when did you graduate from mortician school? Graduated in 2022. Congratulations. That's recent. Yeah. So last year. Yeah. So 14 years, I mean, 14 months in. That's all it takes. Just locked in. I Well, I say that's all it takes because I took six classes. I took a full class load because I, I went from, I took my. I took my Portsmouth High diploma, turned yeah. that into the keys of a of a Toyota pickup truck to install cable for mm-hmm. Rick LaBerge. So I had I had to do I had to take these three courses to determine if I was going to be accepted into the program. Mm-hmm. So then they did that, and then um, I, I I made it through that. Excuse me, and then so I accepted into the program, and I I said I'm going to take a full class look because I. Damn it, I'm 58. You know what the I mean? It's like the clock is ticking. Yeah, the clock is really ticking. So sorry, I'm George, so, I'm getting on track. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know, like, okay. I so um I then graduate and I'm gonna add with honors, which shocked the hell out of me. So when I got it's ironic, I got the diploma from my supervisor at UPS because it was delivered in the mail. And he goes, how come you didn't, you know, jump on board? Because it was, I had a, I was going to be, I was going to be okay at UPS. They loved you. Yeah. 
They, so, were, they saw good things for you there, I'm sure. Yeah, and I go, well, the very reason I said to him, I go, the very reason I didn't come is because what's in your hand? And I told him, and he, and he, and he goes, that... What can you say to that? Yeah, I'm a he, mortician now. Yeah, he had, he had an Australian accent, mm. so it was, was kind of cool. You have an accent. I'm sitting here, and I'm like, you grew up in Portsmouth, but you... It's like Boston. You got something going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so... That's that's kind of how we got there, and it's just it it was it was there was some dark nights in that room, and I don't mean dark doubt. in the sense it doubt. was a, a, a lot of doubt going on. What doubt. am I doing? Can I do this? What am I doing? What am I doing to Kim? What am I doing? Not so much the kids because the kids were, were making their were advanced enough that Dylan's a famous rap star. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get back to it. He's 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 a very good writer and he can communicate his feelings through song. And it's just, I wonder uh, where he gets that emotion, emotional intelligence from. Hmm. Yeah. Kim is a smart person, <laughs> but like wow. you, you graduated. Yes. At a time when a lot of people are retiring. Yeah. And I will tell you, this is the, um, that was questioned by, by ownership of, of, of the funeral homes that I work for. And, I go, I got to be honest with you. I said, if I can provide value and I can help somebody, I'm, I'm not going to be a retiring guy. As I get older, will I, will I back off some? Yeah, but I have a goal and I know it's going to sound the absolute, but you're going to say it's so Daryl to say that is I want to be the best mortician ever <laughs> in the history of the seagulls. <laughs> I want to be the old. <laughs> I want to be the oldest guy to Living. ever do a removal for any. Oh my god, you're homes. such a jock! You're <laughs> such a jock. But that's what I—that's what I love about yeah. you. It's that weird vein of yeah. not accepting the norm or the usual yeah. as your best. Yeah. I, I, well, and I thank you for that. I, 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 I do. I take pride in that because like you said, the 99% don't want, don't I wanna want to be there. Hey, look, I, I'm trying to figure help. out my <laughs> life right now. We're looking for help. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that's so when I was thinking about, um, who to, who to have next as a guest yeah. and you know, Heidi, Yeah, she, I don't know if she's going to kill us. We're not using her last name, No, but, um, rhymes with, no, I'm kidding. Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> she, both her and her husband came in the store and they like surprised. They just showed really? up and I just, I love this. Okay. I'm off track. He's, 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 he's he, he reminds me of you. He's good people. He's, he's good, good people. people. Yep. Genuine, you know, like yeah. Heidi and I like to use the word gritty, like, you get it. Yeah. You work hard. You do your thing. You try to be kind. Yeah. You don't give up. That's gritty. Yeah. And, yeah. um, but, you know, talking to Heidi, like, um, cause I'm probably younger than you were when you're reinventing yourself. And I'm like, look, I, I don't, I want to do something. I want to, I want to set my mark. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? I want to set yeah. my mark somehow and writing, I'm hoping, or, yeah podcasting but Heidi said to me she goes you know she goes you know what would be cool about the podcast she goes if you started having the guest of your story so the people you yeah. blog about mm -hmm. and have been blogging yeah. about or you know referring to like because I don't I don't use a lot of people's names like yeah. Yeah. um because it's not mine to use right 
And sometimes I use pen names. Like if there's someone like George, that's not his real name. Yeah. But it's just like if it's someone, especially if it's someone close to me, yeah. for me it still feels safer for that person. Right. Or, But anyway, she goes, I think she goes, I think you should start having guests who you write about. And then she starts like she starts like naming some people. And I said, really? And then she didn't name you. Yeah. And but somehow I thought about your journey, your transition, yeah. Yeah. Um, your your you know the podcast is called Just in Polite Love, and yeah. I think you know we came up with that because we talk about things that people don't always feel comfortable right. talking about. Right. But with the premise that if you approach life from a place of love, not yeah. fear, yeah, what is that going to look like? Because you could have gone yeah. into a drunken stupor. Right. Like yeah. you're having a identity crisis, yeah. you know, facing a major struggle and like and not mm-hmm. and not judging people that, you know, that that happens to that they self-medicate or they check yeah. out or they whatever people do to cope with unexpected happenings in life that yeah. knock the wind out of them. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, it is it is. You know, whether we're talking life or death, it is crazy out there. And I, I think that if something like this, if it reaches one person, great. I'd, I'd be very happy. You know what I mean? It's like, don't give up. I'm, I'm not going to go into, the, you know, a T-shirt of if you if you dream it, you you can believe it. No, it was a lot of work and there was a lot of self-doubt. But I... And those are dark moments. Very dark moments. And um, I leaned on you know, um, she's finding out now, but I mean, I leaned on Kim so much in, in that her belief in me that I wasn't going to fail for her. I'm not going to fail for me. It was like, I was, I was shouldering or carrying, if you will, all that goodwill to get to where I am now. And, and, and a lot of it's, you know, I, I owe a lot to her, a ton to her and, you know, into the memory of, of, you know, of, of my dad and what I saw him do. And, you know, even, you know, amongst the living Rick, I talked to him virtually like every day or every other day. And, uh, you know, he's a friend, he's a mentor, he's a sounding board. And in a way I tell him, you know, he kind of gave me everything that I have or work towards him. He know, was he, the catalyst. Yeah, absolutely. He was the guy on. that called you, right? Yeah from 18 on and then he pulled me in so and he had no idea what was going on with you know he because um he why did no he think of you why why would you be that light bulb moment when he's needing a body so here's here's here's, here's a daryl moment for you and he <laughs> said I don't, I don't usually take higher 18 year olds and people, you know, said, Rick, this will be the best business decision you can ever <laughs> you make. You said that? Oh, I did. Okay. And that's what he remembered. That's what he remembered. <laughs> you're, you're. <laughs> it was, I was such a dope. But kid, that's, that's, that's 18 year old Daryl. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Is it a lot different from 59 year old Yeah, it is. It is, you know, whatever you believe in whether it's God, a greater being or whatever, I thank them for where I'm at. Because I, well, there's times where I did not appreciate the journey. There was a 
friggin' lesson every step. All I had Your to do journey as a whole. As a whole, as a whole, to get from so that cocky 18-year-old kid at times to where I'm at now. Um, yeah, it's it's completely different. Completely there different. Are, there are a lot of there are a lot of places along the journey that suck. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were, in, in there were, there were, dark, in, even the journey to reinvent myself just two and a half years ago. Well, no, actually, last, it would have been two. This is like recent. And you know, yeah. what you're doing is you, your opportunity fell from the sky. Absolutely. And I think that right now, like, I'm a little bit holding on to the handlebars. Okay. <laughs> I gave up my job yeah. in Portsmouth. Yeah. Working for Babs. She's going to kill me for that. <laughs> Said, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to wait on tables. I think yeah. I can make as I was making a, a great salary." Yeah. I put Anna through college. Yeah. That's awesome. I was like, I think I I was exhausted. Yeah. I was physically, mentally exhausted. Yeah. I go, "I'm going to I think I can it's always me trying to figure it out, right? right? And I think that's where I get into trouble. Yeah. I calculate life too much. And it's like, I think I can work half the hours and make as much money waiting on tables. Did you know that? So I left yeah. the I left the three restaurants in Portsmouth. Right. And then went to Kittery Foreside and waited on tables for a year. Oh, and so I, I worked... thought you were doing it in Portsmouth with one of the three. No. Wow. Wow. And waited on CEOs yeah. of companies we know, like opening, wow. presenting wine, like bougie. Yeah. yeah. But yet, because unlike you, I'm I'm much more comfortable one-on-one. -on -one. Yes, yeah. Large groups, neighborhood block yeah. parties, you, how many of those have you seen me at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, yeah. I've stopped getting invites to yeah. those because I never yeah. went. But one-on-one, -on -one, I can carry a conversation. I can connect with people. And that's what yeah. I did at the restaurant, waiting on tables. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny you say that because one of the things is is, is um, I don't mind the block parties, but it's generally going to find me off in a small group. Do you know what I mean? It's the just, cool kids. Well, not, not didn't, it wasn't always <laughs> that way. <laughs> um, but, but you yeah. said you like large crowds. Yeah. You, but now you're having these experiences yeah. that are incredibly soulful. I don't care if you believe in something bigger than yourself right. or not. You're, you're coming face to face with some big things each and every day. Absolutely. You know, and, and I, I do, you know, and, and people sit there and say, you know, you, you, you do it for this, you do it for that. And it's like, no, it's, it's, what like, would you be doing it for? Well, it, it's other than like, so you do it yeah. for the paycheck, Yeah. but how many things can we do for the paycheck? And that's the thing too, it's like I have, and you're going to be found out in the, in this 1% that, you know, you, you keep talking about that 99 and 1% that if you're not good at, at being a funeral director, if it's because you don't have the passion or the sincerity to, to, to be yeah. there for, for the greater purpose than the paycheck. Is what I'm saying is I mm -hmm. think that in everybody that I've not everybody, there is a bunch of people that share this view that I have. You've got to be in it for the right reasons. And because the the stuff that the family comes in and sees, there is so much behind the scenes that 
has to take a place for that presentation to happen. I'm going to interrupt you because yes. I just remembered one of the questions on Aaron's list. Okay. <laughs> one of the things he was ruminating on was in those rare occasions yeah. that an open casket is just not possible. Yes. And you have a family that really wants one. Yeah. Is there, do you have the final say? Is there like, there ha- or yeah. is it just... How does that work and happen or like, because they might not know the extent. Correct. So I've had a couple of situations and I'm, I'll, I'll roll them both out to you without names. Is this so too much to no, talk about? No. Um, it, one of the parts and, and this is the part too is why I'm, why I'm in it. And I may slow down my speech a little bit. We, we're not going to dead air, but it's like, it kind of gets emotional to me, mm. you know? So what would happen is one of the things that, you know, they kind of teach in mortuary school, they say, is that if you don't have, and, and I hope the the bluntness is, is, it doesn't bother anybody, but if you don't, if someone has like, say a gunshot wound to the head, if you don't have like 60, if you don't have two thirds of, of, of the head intact, you, you, it's probably not the best choice to try and put the family through that and 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 put that together because a there are costs associated with that at the same time too um not at the same time too but so it's what you have to do is you just have to have that conversation now it's like we can we've done some stuff where we've done you know some head wraps and stuff like that um, you know, we've had some situations where we have to leave them in a certain part of the funeral home because if there's extenuating circumstances, we can't risk that contamination into the other part parts of the funeral home. So the conversation would be, it's like, listen, okay, this is this is where we're at. We have that conversation. Do you still want do you want us to try? And if they say no, it's like, all right, there is somebody here. Um so the part would be um we will leave them draped, completely draped, bring a hand out so they can hold a hand. Um, something along that lines. We will give them a hand if we can't give them the entire. Is that, a, is that a religious thing, that open casket? I'm trying to think. My family has traditionally always oh. had. Um... Hi, I'm sorry. We're closed. Oh, okay. Your door was open. Thank you. Oh, when will you open? We're open Wednesday through Sunday. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I'm so sorry. If it's not the dogs barking. (laughs) So we'll have the conversation with the family. And I don't know if it's as much religion as it is to help that person kind of get them to where they need to be, so to speak, or that direction of where they're going. Because in some cases, like everyone says, well, why why is there only a half a casket? Well, down south, the whole casket's open. Is that a New England thing? It's a New England thing. Yeah, and, it's, and, and, you know, people, you can talk to a million people, I never got a straight answer, so I just say it's a New England thing, and that's basically what it is to half gasket. Um, so the conversation would have to be is we try and offer something else, in a sense, it gives them closure. Um, at the same time, too, um, you know, it's, I've, I've had a conversation where it's like I, I couldn't even give the person that. There was nothing, and I spent probably 20 minutes with them not so much explaining but kind of describing the science of what happens to a body 
um, the, the literally science takes over the minute somebody passes. So meaning that the decomposition internally that you don't see that all of a sudden now shows it's just getting ahead of itself. I, I unfortunately had to have a conversation with a family whose dad was um, probably four days in a hot apartment for, for a long time. And afterwards, after I talked with her and explained to her, I said, it's not your dad. It's not your dad you're seeing. It's, this, this is not going to be good um, for you. She agreed. Then her mother sent me a letter about a week later and thanked me for talking her daughter out of mm -hmm. me doing anything. And then she sent me one about three weeks later saying, yeah, I, I'm so glad we had the conversation and, and appreciate the patience that I took with them because it, it is, it is, it is very difficult. It is very difficult. And then, you know, Tom and I worked on a, on a, uh, a young four-year-old boy so that his grandfather could see him. And that was a success that was able, we were able to any, any at the, at the graveside tears in his eyes kind of gets me a little bit emotionally. He says, he says, thank you for giving me my grandson back so we could bury him. So you're, him. you're doing, so I, I can't imagine that. So now you're working on individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of, you're so is that it's all <laughs> is it like what's that i'm i don't i don't know if you know this about me what's that? i don't want to cry oh um so when my dad okay passed yeah he had taken his own life uh, with how you described oh my god oh my god and for us um wasn't it was it was kind of a unique situation because it was he he had it was not the safe and cheery childhood yeah he was a hard worker he had his own business he always provided for the family yeah. you know we had from the outside looking in we had one of those families that got together for all of the holidays, yep. you know, had, you know, middle income, yeah, had gifts under the Christmas tree. Um, but when he passed, my brother, he had moved to Holton, Maine. Okay. From Kittery Point. Yeah. And um, my parents had gotten divorced and it was, um, so after I think they were together 39 years, but it wasn't, uh, it, that part of the story is not yeah. sad. That part yeah. is like, thank God, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so my brother had gotten the call from a sheriff that my mm -hmm. dad had taken his own life. And no, the sheriff showed up at the door. And I don't know. I don't know how much I want to share. It's just when mm -hmm. you're sitting there describing it and like as a family on the other yeah. side, he had a house in Holton, Maine. And somehow we had decided to drive up there. From Kittery, like my other siblings came, four yeah. of us out of five went, rented a U-Haul truck to go yeah. get everything. But uh, so my two sisters went off to the funeral home and I, yeah. I was, um, Aaron was a newborn. So I was 22. I was the youngest. Yeah. And, uh, so my brother and I are this, we're, we're a strong family. Yeah. Like we, but like physically strong, like. <laughs> I have this weird strength, like Kim knows, I can move <coughs> furniture by myself around, yeah. like when the store or whatever. But so my brother and I went into the house and we were going to move, starting to get 
the U-Haul loaded. And somehow, I don't know how it was decided, my two sisters would go to the funeral home. Yeah. And, you know, as as someone there, I just blocked it out. Yep. Like, I had no clue. Yeah. I had no clue about the body. I had no clue about what was going to happen. <laughs> they just came back, matter of a fact. Um, he's he's going to be cremated. Yeah. We'll get his ashes. Yeah. And that was done. The The horrific part, which I think you probably walk into, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons we went up there so fast is we didn't, why do, like, logic goes out the door, I think, right? Yeah. We didn't want anyone to have to clean up that mess. That was yeah. our family. That yeah. was our mess. We were going to clean yeah. it up, literally. Yeah. And we went into that room. Yeah. And, um, and I'm assuming this is what, and you see more than that because yeah. the body had been removed, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. we just saw, you know, the rug, yeah. the filing yeah. cabinet, you know, the filing cabinet that sat in the house yeah. in my dad's office since I can remember. Yeah. And those are the vivid memories. Now, how do you, how, how do you get rid of those? I don't think you do. Um, because there's, there's, there's many that I will carry with me. Um, as a gentleman, just it, you, what I try and do is, is again, when I go into that mode, it really is. It's not about me. And I know that that's, I don't want to, it's difficult for me from an ego standpoint to say that anyway, but it's not but about you, me. It's not about you. However, it the minute you step yeah. into that room or that. Yeah, it, I don't think it goes away. It, and I don't think it ever will because there is something about each and every removal that I, I'm just, I kind of take a piece of it and say, I got them into our care in the best possible manner possible. And I try to leave behind this. Now, why we don't do the physical cleanup is is put the room back together as best as possible mm. without doing the cleanup. That's because I don't want, oh, they, they moved this and they didn't move it back. I just want the family to see that we, you know, that they're, they're being taken care of. the space. Yeah. You know, and I don't, to answer to your question, I don't think they're, it doesn't go away because I can, if someone tells me the name or the address, I can remember a little bit of something about each removal I've done. And in the five years that I've done, I'm going to say up until this past job assignment um, within the funeral service that I had done probably about 85% of all removals out of Jayburn. And there's one. We're talking hundreds? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm talking ones from simple hospital pickups to, unfortunately, fatalities on I-95. Um, you know, gentlemen, you know, in bathtubs, you know, natural and unnatural. Um, as far as their their passing, it's there's always, and and I and I'm I'm grateful whether it's my dad um, or whoever kind of instilled this thinking in me. It's it's I go into kind of like an analytical mode. How can I get this gentleman or this, 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 this gal from there onto my stretcher in the most graceful and dignified way, regardless of the situation and condition of the body. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, the only thing I can think is we, my brother and I went into that room and the yeah. first thing I remember seeing is, um, the calendar by his desk hanging on the wall. And there were these black thick X's off every single day. Like it was yeah. almost like a victory or triumph to make it through each, through day. each day. Yeah. Like, and, wow. but I, I feel like for myself and, you know, I can speak about myself. It yeah. was like this huge adrenaline yeah. rush. Yeah. Like, you know, the things that stick with you, the smell, the, it's just, it's a, it's a reality you just have yeah. never experienced. And that's the thing too, is people like it's, you'll never, you'll never forget that. No, you don't. You just, that, what that I really... remember is, oh God, I don't think <laughs> I've ever cried. I, in the weirdest way, yeah. that was a gift Yeah, because now, no matter how heavy the yeah. struggles become, yeah, this goes back to what you said in the very beginning of this podcast. Yeah. Think about what you're leaving behind. Yeah, I will never, having gone through that yeah. and experienced that, yeah. I will never do that to my kids. Yeah, yeah, and, and to your point too, it's it's you know you just said it just in the beginning of that. It's a gift, and. That's kind of why I, in in a way, I'm not giving them a gift, but it's a gift that I can. You receive. I receive for being able to make that transition for them mm -hmm. um, from one spot and give. to the next. You and know? give. Yeah. Because you taking up those reins. Yeah. They don't have to. Right. Like, I don't know who was there that removed my father's body yeah. or what that entailed. I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, that's the thing, too, is you got to, you, you, you know, I, I'm, how can I word this? It's, you just, everyone is, everyone is different in the sense of the removal side of it, but the goal is the same. You just got to figure out the puzzle and how to do it gracefully. You know what I mean? So it. I think you've done that. Yeah. I, I think, think I've done, done that in the other side of it, you know, with, with, I, I, I kind of look back at, yeah. But, so we're over yeah. an hour. All right. <laughs> but what I want to say to you is I think, um, Hey, look, I think death becomes you kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's funny. I think um, death becomes. <laughs> that's a, I wear it well, I guess. <laughs> you wear it well. You, you look not a day older than 45. Oh, bless you. You're too kind. And, um, You're too kind. So I just want to say I haven't forgotten that we're going to write something one day Absolutely. together. And and I think we're on to it. I think you this do, might have been. Because I need you to figure out my life. I need <laughs> you to be the thing that drops from the sky and figures out how I'm going to get Girl, there. Keep doing what you're doing. You're, 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 you're on the right path. You think you so? Know? I think so. I, I think that. You know, and, and I know we've traded a couple texts is that, you know, that's probably like a next barrier for me. And even if it's about this part of the journey, what you do and anybody that writes, I just feel like they, they when you write, you give up parts of yourself and you reveal yourself as someone, if the reader's astute enough. And I think, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not talking like a 
you know, Grissom novel or something like that, but someone that writes about real stuff right, that you do. You, the, you, the One of the many company parties that you happen to come to. <laughs> I'll never forget. We did it. It was when this was starting out and there wasn't the cash flow that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> so we did a Yankee swap and you brought books and I thought, how lovely. Yeah, I did. And, um, and I, I kept those in the divorce. I'm just yeah, letting you, you know why I have those. It, inside, because it, it, they're chronological and how you got to read them. It's a trilogy. And, it, and I, I had found that author. And I'm trying to remember what his name was. Oh, I didn't say I was going to read them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but now I guess I have to. That, that, um, <laughs> but that guy, it's just weird, you know? You know what I mean? It's like, that's the part that, you know, finding, well, anyways, but yeah. I'm going to go home and I'm going to open them up. Yeah. You, you Is should... the secret to life, like, scribbled on the inside cover? God, no. It's, 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 it's kind of like a our version of a Grissom type novel, but it's, it's, it's almost one of those I ones. It's, I know the name Grissom, but honestly, I don't know. Oh, is that murder mystery? Yeah. It's, it's kind of murder mystery or it, it's kind of like the, um, anti-hero at the end because his heroes are flawed, so to speak. And <laughs> I can't the, wait. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it, it's an easy read. I always kind of refer to him as like a, for lack of a better term. And I don't mean it mean, it's like it can just take me away and I can come back to reality because what he's writing about is not real world. Do you yeah, know what I mean? so you think. Yeah, I mean. Right? Yeah, true. So you think. <laughs> well, so um, thank you for doing this because I know um, it was a bit of a it, it was, step it was, outside your comfort yes, zone. It was. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't like, yeah, we're good though. Are you going to listen to it? Yeah, because I want to see, I wanna, I wanna see <laughs> how much I was. Well, now I'm going to tell Kim that I did it. <laughs> She doesn't know. Well, I, I I told her that you had mentioned it to me a while ago. Yeah. But it's like, I, I felt like there would have been too much pressure on me. So can I'll I call. text her? You can text her. <laughs> no, me, I'm going to send her the link. Send her the link. Yeah. I'm going to text her the link. Yeah. Text her the link. But it was just, it was kind of. Wait, I have to take your picture. Oh, just like what you're doing right there. Because I need to. I, are you kidding me? I have Daryl Frank on my postcard. I've hit go. the big league postcard <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Uh, oh my, you're going to have many crushes. Uh, Sorry, Kim. I don't Kim. know about that. <laughs> All so, right. Thanks for having me. Do you want to leave with any parting wisdom? Other than, you know, and I, it's like I said, we kind of talked about it early. It's just, you know, I always kind of look at it as is if you can take care of the one you love, and support your kids the best you can, you know, and give them the tools and hopefully they make the right decisions later on in life. You've, you've done it in a sense of, um, you know, looking at that reflection back in the mirror and it's mm. not always going to be rosy, you know, and it's like, you got to be, you know, you got to, sometimes you just got to suck it up and do what you have to do, but while still finding what you want to do. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. All right, I so, think. I'm, so I'm going to leave it at that. So suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Until next time, have a great day.